So Raven is pretending to be this uh, Daniel, this girl's husband. Uh huh. Raven, those are some feminine mannerisms, my dude. <laughs> She's walking around like, please don't hurt me, my hands are up. I'm like, that's why they don't believe her. Yep. Hello, and welcome to Our The Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Fictionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I could write a children's book about anything, it would be, um, I think it would just be, like, basically, like, LGBTQIA, like, issues. Like, how to, like, be more accepting, and then, like, the moral of it would be, like, don't be a dick, you know? Teaching yeah. teaching children acceptance and how to deal with ignorant adults. Like the red crayon, blue crayon? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Uh, and my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hunter Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I could write a children's book about anything, um, I would tell the story of Jacob and the Man in Black from Lost. Oh my god. And the moral of it would be, and it's something that maybe the characters in this show could also stand to learn, mm-hmm. is that um, there can be really big consequences when you don't work together. So you should make sure that um, teamwork is better. Okay, actually, the you, you, you pulled it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see you. Okay. Today we have words to say about episode 602 of The 100, Red Sun Rising. So tell me, what is Red Sun Rising? It's a rock band. Hmm. Hmm. That's and all I know. We had a lot of different thoughts about what this meant, but it just turned out that we were relating it to different words. Because mm. I had Dark Side of the Moon, and then the sun also rises. Mm-hmm. And I had day. House of the Rising Sun. Exactly. Yeah. So, there's just a lot happening. Clearly the red sun is rising. It's, it looks like it. Yeah, it's harder just because on our Riverdale podcast, it's always, like, an actual reference to something, so we can chat about why it's a reference to something. But, like, on the Stranger Things podcast, they use things like, the monster! And you're like, I guess it's about a monster. <laughs> so I think this one is more literal. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's just, um, it's saying, hey, the sun is red and uh, it's rising. Yeah. Which I would actually argue the sun is orange, but whatever. Mm. Anyway, go off. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin. Yes. Toot or boot? Toot. I'm also going to toot this episode. I have no real big problems with it. I just Mm-mm. think Octavia's annoying and y'all <laughs> can at me about it. You're like, it, instead of being afraid of this fandom, you're like, you know what? Please attack me about this issue. Yeah, I mean, y'all can at me is just at this point, just kind of like a turn of phrase. I don't actually want to be attacked. Oh, okay. I'll, be, atta- I'll attack you if you Great. want. Great. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. I just found that the least... Oh, actually, the least, the part that I disliked the most in this episode was the whole knife stabby thing. That's like most of this episode. You're going to have to be more specific. Oh, the um, the explicit knife, knife stabby thing when we fully see the knife go through Miller's arm. Ah, so you don't actually have a problem with any of the narrative or story arcs. It's just that you were kind of grossed out by some blood. Yes, I walked away mm. from the TV. You did. You did. You did do that. Okay. I like, I gotta go. <laughs> Gaga, gaga. That's Linda Belcher. I don't do her justice. So the way we are going to break this up is we're going to do flashbacks, then we're going to do the sky, and then we're going to do the ground, and then everyone kind of com- like convalesces. Everyone kind of congregates onto the ground at the end of the episode. So who knows how we're going to structure it from here on out? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe we should go like flashbacks, the sky, and then the ground, and then the point in which the sky meets the ground. Oh, nice, 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 <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. I, I mean, I definitely just said that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you said, I have no idea how we're going to do that. I meant for the next episode. Oh, yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Depends. 
Super. Those are both absorption things. Depends. <laughs> Oof. I feel weird today. I'm sorry. And I don't have an eclipse to blame it on. Okay. <clears throat> I know. She makes good jokes. Are you ready to dive in? Sure. Cool. So let's start with flashbacky time because it's heckin' flashbacky time. Woo. So, Brittany. Yeah. Just first before we start. Yeah. I have said multiple times on every podcast that we have. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. That I'm a hoe for flashbacks. You are. I love a flashback. Thank you. There's a lot going on in this flashback too. I love I'm happy to report it. So here's what happens in the flashback. So, blonde not Clark, also known as Josephine, bugs a nice boy named Gabriel because she knows that he likes her. I said bugs because she likes bugs. Uh-huh. Cool. Robin Hood, who is her dad, says he says to heck and leave him alone because he has work to do and apparently women are distracting. Like, I don't understand. We'll talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Also, Josephine is super smart and speaks Mandarin. That feels like it'll be important later that she speaks a lot of languages. She names the new planet Sanctum, which delights her dad, Robin Hood. Also, her mom is a doctor, so, like, I think we're all clear that this is supposed to be Jake, Abby, and Clark, right? Mm. Anyway, while Clark and her dude make out, her dad goes crazy under the eclipse and massacres the whole camp, and then them. Meet! Fun. Super fun, super good, super fresh. Cool. So, um, the first thing that I wanted to um, point out is that, do we even know her dad's name, or am I just gonna call him Robin Hood the whole time? I guess it just says Mr. Lightborn. Yeah. So, hmm. And, and we know from um, interviews with Jason Rothenberg, the showrunner, that Russell, the new character that is coming in that is sort of the big bad of the season, his last name is Lightborn. Yeah. So either he's a descendant or something, so I don't think this guy's name is Russell, but you never know. Yeah. Maybe it's a passed on name. Who's to say? Who's to say? So I'm just going to call him Robin Hood for now. Actually, that's a good point that it could be a passed on name because, and I'm obviously we're going to talk about this in a little, in a quick sec, but it's clear that somebody named Josephine Lightborn wrote that book and it wasn't this Josephine because this, this was like the first time it ever happened and then yep. she got, she died. Exactly. So well, I guess we didn't technically see her die because her eyes were still open, but it's like implied that she died. So it's like, it makes sense that maybe names are passed down. But interesting that her whole name was passed down. Right. Not just Josephine, but Josephine Ada Lightborn. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, was that name passed down? Or is there something more sci-fi going on? Ooh. Ooh. She's talking about clones. I Well, I don't know what I'm talking about at this point, because Gabriel mentions the beginning of this scene something about embryos. Right, yes. And I have a lot of questions about what those embryos even are. Yeah. Because it's not Jurassic Park, so those are definitely not dinosaurs. I would not think so. No. So yeah, those are my points on uh, Gabriel so far. Would you like to hear some math? Uh, Is it about the 236 years? It sure is. I'd love to hear about it. Okay, so here's some math. This flashback, because it's 236 years ago, takes place in the year 2045. Okay, cool. That's exactly seven years before Allie nukes Earth, and Becca would be all of 20 years old at this time. Okay. Yes? You're with me so far? Yes. Cool. Cool. So, if this is 2045, and Allie is going to nuke the Earth in seven years, and Becca is 20, and it takes 75 years, according to Monty, to get from Earth to planet Alpha. I thought it was 125 years. No, it was... Monty specifically says it takes 75 years for them to get from Earth to Alpha. Okay. So when the hell was the spaceship launched? Well, why does it take 125 years if he says, doesn't doesn't he then say, actually, it took longer than I thought? It, the, Monty says the math is that it takes 75. Even if it takes longer, oh. the math still doesn't work out. Okay. Because if you subtract um, a whopping 75 from 2045, you get the year 1970. 
Oh. And as far as I know, the only thing that we had launched into space was like a year earlier mm-hmm. when we went to the moon. Right. But other than that, um, there's nothing in space at that time. Okay. So what up with that? Um, uh... This isn't real. You're kidding. Are you telling me this is a fictional show? Yeah, so maybe in fictional Earth, that happened. But how did Becca invent something that she wasn't alive to invent? I'm confused again. 75 years. It would take 75 years for them to get there. They are on day 21 of their mission. The year is 2045. Okay. That would mean that even though Becca was 20 years old when they were already on the planet, that she Ah. would have had to invent this 75 years before that. Gotcha. All right. Mm -hmm. You know? You're right. You're right. You know, I have questions. Yeah. I don't think I'll get answers. No. But those are my questions. My other question is, how come Josephine isn't allowed to twirl her hair? That is a question I had as well. Why isn't she allowed to play with her hair? Who cares? Also, while we were watching the episode, I thought it was funny that she was like, whatever, you, we both know you're obsessed with me. And my other thought about that was, it sounds like everyone is, because eventually everyone is like worshipping them. True. So maybe everyone's obsessed with you, Josephine, because you guys are like the main people. I don't know. Either way, we were watching it and, uh, last night and um, she was like, you're obsessed with me, haha. And he looked so annoyed that we both were like, leave him alone, he's gay. <laughs> Yeah, like literally, we were kind of just hoping that, yeah. to be honest. Um, So, Gabriel, let us know. Gabriel? <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. So, I don't know. You make bad jokes. <clears throat> that was good, though. Thanks. Okay. Okay, so next question. Their camp is an outpost, and their mission is called Mission Team Alpha. Are there beta missions, too? Great question. Thank you. Hmm. Do you think that Beta and, you know, Gamma and everyone are those other five missions that went on the other planets? Because they did talk about the five other habitable planets in the previous episode. If they had said that they were Team Beta, then I'd be like, 100% there's an Alpha. Okay. But because that one's like the first one, we can't Mm -hmm. be sure that there were successors. Okay. Um, I would love that, but I do not know. Okay. Do you have any other, do you have any thoughts to contribute? I have thoughts about um, Waiwu. Tell me, tell me your thoughts about Waiwu. Sure. So it means freaks in Mandarin. It sure does. And they are what isn't an insect, rodent, or reptile. What isn't an insect, rodent, or reptile that they wouldn't that they wouldn't have seen on Earth? Oh, I have a great answer for that. Great. A heckin' alien. Great. They're on an alien world. Duh. I know. I just haven't seen anything yet, so I'm just waiting. I mean, now you know this is the. That's the, a fair point. This is the little seed that we're getting mm-hmm. before we see the aliens, I guess. Oh. Um, but the fact that she calls the, the, them freaks in Chinese, or freak, I can't remember, mm-hmm. the concept of Frickdrena, <gasps> which also means freaks, is really cool. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Also, is it fair to say that because she's kind of studying, she knows a lot about bugs and she's studying bugs, would you say that she's an entomologist or a zoologist? Um, I think she's a zoologist. With like, more of like a specialty in bugs? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Which is, she's like, oh my god, Gabriel, you must be so into me. And I'm like, you study bugs, I think you're gross. <laughs> Whereas I mean, I'm like, support- you study bugs, girl. You're cool. I support science, but um, I don't want to hear about bugs and mm-hmm. I don't want to look at them. Also, Robin Hood calls Gabriel a doctor. Yes. I was like, you're- he's five. How is he a doctor? He's a geneticist. Yeah. Uh, that that boy that boy is like five years old. He's Kasima. Mm, that's fair. Okay. Kasima Niehaus from, from Orphan, Orphan Black. Black. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. All right, fine. So Josephine 
when she's hanging out with Gabriel and they're macking on each other and junk and stuff, they hear a sound. I played it back like a bazillion times trying to figure out what that sound was. All I can hear, all I can describe it as is sort of like a muffled gunshot, but that clearly isn't a gunshot. Mm. The problem is that the score then puts in one of those big inception like tuba things. It goes, oh yeah. And I thought that was the sound until it repeated and repeated and repeated. So yeah, I can't really tell what that sound is supposed to be, but she says that it is a sonic anomaly caused by molecular vibrations in the air or trees. (laughs) <laughs> I love that for her. She's just like, I know exactly what this is. Right? I was like, okay, we stand the smartest woman on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried to figure out where this would come from in relation to the suns. I've yeah. got nothing for you. I don't know. I really don't feel like... Uh, yeah, I feel like this flashback isn't meant to give us answers. It's meant to give us questions, you know? Right. But I mean, I love picking apart these little things because yeah. like techno babble sometimes can give you clues that you didn't even know. Like, I mean, last week when we started working out all of the Aurora stuff mm-hmm. only came about because of one offhanded line from Jordan, right? Right. I thought it was interesting that Robin Hood says that this place makes him believe in God. After he had been like, as far as the story that his daughter told, he had been like a very, very serious atheist and went into the point, to the point where he's like, I must prove that God doesn't exist. And now he suddenly does believe in God. Like, do you think, I don't think this is true, but is the, is like the believe, believing in God part of the going crazy? Like, like, do you think that it's like, worked into the religion maybe yeah it seems like everybody who goes crazy gets like these at least from what we saw these um voices in their head oh i see so you're saying maybe that was the first sign of his like psychosis yeah and like maybe he like was thinking that because he was like the leader of the this new colony of people and he started hearing because he was first or whatever, <gasps> however, he, he started like a gift. He started hearing vo- these voices in his head and thought maybe that's what God was. Okay, I can see that. And it would sort of give you like this power trippy attitude too. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Oh, I didn't even think about like the pro- I think because I was watching that and he talked about how it made him believe in God, and I immediately had flashbacks to how Battlestar Galactica handled religion and how like how much I just didn't enjoy the the direction that the show took with how religion works. So I'm like kind of hoping that I love integrated religion into sci-fi worlds, but I'm kind of hoping that the whole show doesn't resolve itself on, oh, it was angels the whole time. Do you right. know what I mean? Yes. So it worried me a little. Also, Gabriel's last name is Santiago. It sure is. So, shout out to Amy, Mm. my girl. Mm. Mm. Oh, also, when she's macking on Gabriel, uh, she fully ignores what her dad told her to do, but at least they put a sheet down. Yeah, true. Okay, I do have a question about when she's macking on on Gabriel. Okay. Her dad says, leave him alone. He has to do his work. Does he at no point think, hey, um, maybe you should focus on your work? Mm. He's worried about Gabriel's work instead. Well, no, he was worried about her work too. He was like, "How many, how many animals have you um, cataloged today?" That's true. But I think I was just like irritated that he was like, "Stay away from him, kiddo." And I'm like, "That's a grown woman. Let her do what she wants." I'm interested in Gabriel. It feels like I haven't really like in the first scene that we got of him. I thought he was like, "Please leave me alone, Josie." Like I'm trying to do my work, like exactly what yeah. my dad told him to. And then so that's why I thought it was such a weird flip that he suddenly was like, "Okay, I'm like maybe he's off work now and is." allowed to do whatever he wants yeah. and now he can make out with her but like also it's really cool that they were on the same beach that we saw last last episode that was really cool it's the same beach which is cool but i'm like interested in gabriel and obviously we're gonna get more information on him because 
he lives. Because he lives. And the next episode is called The Children of Gabriel. Oh, good point. Good point. So, I emoji, I emoji, I emoji. Okay. Okay. Also, speaking of, like, Gabriel, like, living, I noticed when they were doing this that he cuts everyone's throats. Mm -hmm. Later, when Echo and Clark are both having delusions, voices tell them to cut someone's throat. Mm. So I don't know how that's quite supposed to work, but I feel like that's important. Okay. I don't know how a shared mass hallucination could cause someone to decide that motive of murder or suicide is the one that they want, but who knows? Also, they brought motorcycles. I wonder if they still have their motorcycles, and I feel bad that Shaw never got to see them. Yeah, this season has a lot of motorcycles in it. he just loved motorcycles. Yeah. I hope that he he gets to ride one in heaven. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Any more thoughts on those scenes? Oh, one of my notes was, listen, dude, Sanctum can be yours without killing everyone. You know, that's true. It already seemed like he was the boss. Like, I'm not sure why he thinks that it would be better. Obviously, you know, he's in, like, a hallucination or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, it's gonna be hard to live here all by yourself, my dude. Yeah, there's very, like, there's an isolation, like, bend to a lot of the psychosis, which is kill the people closest to you. So if this is the very beginning of the eclipse, then that means it goes for two full days. So, like, I'm still worried about Gabriel. I wonder, I'd really like if, like, at the beginning of every episode this season, we would get, like, those flashbacks before the, before the, the credits. I think that'd be really interesting because if Gabriel's, like, running away from Robin Hood... It's two full days. Like, eventually, Gabriel would also go crazy and maybe kill Robin Hood. Like, and then that's why it's the children of Gabriel. I don't know. I'm just making things up. But, um, yeah. I'm trying to see where it says that... Is it in the book that it lasts for two full days? Yes. Okay. Because I was, do- I was doing some um, astrometric research today. And it turns out that... If their sun was as close to them as ours are is to us, um, there would be an eclipse every six hours or so. Mm. So those suns have to be really far away for it to happen. What? No, it's sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I got this wrong. An eclipse would only last six hours and it would happen every 10 days. Gotcha. So how are these suns working that it lasts for two full days? Mm -hmm. But... Well, not necessarily that the, and maybe I'm wrong, but like not necessarily that the eclipse lasted for two days, but that the effects last the effects for two last days. for two days. Okay, so then theoretically, it, basically, it's does this happen every ten days? Like, do they spend their weekends chained up? Well, when you said six every six months, I was like, that actually sounds plausible, but every ten days doesn't sound plausible, so I'm not sure. Well, with suns, basically, this obviously depends on a lot of factors. And one of them is the size of the suns. Because if you, the research that was done is basically they took our sun and split it so that it was like sort of half and half. So it's not that each sun was the size of our suns, it's that each sun was added together would equal our sun. And those would create um, an eclipse every 10 days. Okay. Because of the way that it orbits, like the way that the planet or the moon orbits around those suns. Mm -hmm. So I just have a lot of questions about whether or not, like, the peak of the insanity lasts for about six hours, and then, like, it's sort of like the pre- and post-eclipse kind of goes around, and how long that lasts for, and how often it happens. Well, clearly by the time that the rest of the people, like Abby and co, get down there, that it's over. Yeah, it's done. But they've only been there for, like, one day, so you, so, and everybody's pretty cleared out when they get there last episode as well, so it could have already been happening for one day. Yeah. And then when they get there, you know, it just takes a quick sec for them to, you know, breathe in all the air and drink the Kool-Aid. 
Okay, fair enough. Um, well, and then it's only yeah. really one day or even a few hours because I don't think there is a. I don't think they go to sleep. Too. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Sorry. Yeah, yeah they do. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. campfire. But it doesn't start until the bugs go silent, just like in the flashback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. My next thing was just if she's dead, how did she write the book? I mean, she has to be dead, right? Oh, and that they're all nightbloods. Yeah. Important. Um, clone theory. They keep the name of the person? Question mark. Possibly. So we've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, why are they worshipped? I guess because they were the original settlers. But if he's the one who killed everybody, I wouldn't be worshipping him. Exactly. So what mythology got passed along that they've all sort of been like worshipped the same way that Becca is worshipped? And the fact that they're like something, 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 the primes. You know, like, they're the primes. And that's why I think that, like, the whole clone thing, like, theory of, like, how all of these things, why are they called primes, things like that. We're missing pieces, obviously, because we're only on episode two. But it has to be something like that. Like, either... At this point, I'm kind of thinking, because Josephine somehow managed to write the book, and the book looks fairly new... Yeah, it does. It doesn't yeah. look decrepit or anything. Yeah, like, it doesn't, like, this is a whole established society. There's just, like, a lot going on. I'm kind of wondering at this point if names and consciousnesses get passed on to new bodies. And I only wonder that because of the uh, people from Sanctum who storm the ship are really worried about the bodies. Mm-hmm. And I kept wondering what's important about them. And I'm wondering if maybe there's some data stored even after death that they need to extract before they go into a new body. Yeah. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of sci-fi stuff happening right now. Um, Those are all my thoughts on the flashback. Cool. All right. So we're heading up to the sky. Octavia and Nyla spar and Octavia discovers that she likes getting hit. Because she's freaking like that. The alarm sound and the squad roll up to see who's back. Instead, they get gassed, which is not cute. They all wake up locked in the mess hall. Octavia thinks that she's in charge and discovered that she super isn't and Abby is. Abby realizes that Raven wasn't kidnapped, so they have a man on the inside. Outside. Mm. Go. This tracks for Octavia. Octavia has had self-harm issues before. Give me examples. Um... <gasps> yes yeah oh, uh, uh in the in the, the rain in the yeah she tries we to both went for completely different examples which is great evidence yeah so you know walking trying to walk out into the rain and into the acid rain acid i rain, think that yeah. was kind of like a little bit of suicidal tendency absolutely as well. um but like in the mirror at the end of season five in the episode that ian directed um, that really creepy moment where she fully just like cuts her her right. the sides of her. Yeah, yeah. O- this Octavia has had has performed. I don't know if performed is the right word. Self harm before. Um, so this tracks for her. I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised. Yeah, someone needs to help her though. I think. I mean, right now we're just talking about the fact that she's beating the crap out of the side of the ship. Yeah, but even then, it's just sort of like this. This girl psychologically has never had help in her life. Mm-mm. And she's never going to get help. Mm-hmm. So how does she, is Octavia ever going to be okay? Probably not. And in her mind, she's like, she knows that too. So why not just go down fighting? Well, even like last season, we were thinking like, how are they going to bring Octavia back from this? I don't think there is any way for them to bring Octavia back to season. Can you imagine no. bringing Octavia back to season one, Octavia? Like there's just no way. So unless they fully just erase her memory, which yeah, I no. would rather they not do. So I I mean, I don't know where, where she goes from this. She just keeps spiraling downward and I don't, yeah, I just don't know where they're, how they're going to bring her back. Yeah. I mean, I would never want them to revert back to season one Octavia because it would erase all of her complexity, Mm -hmm. but I would like for her to go on a journey where she realizes that there is a balance between wanting power and wanting to help Mm -hmm. and that those 
those two things are not the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know yet. Um, you noticed something interesting about the ship. I did. Um, while we were watching, I was like, that's Becca. Fully. Um, the, the voice on the thing. Yeah. Like, we mentioned last episode that, like, there was a lot of Becca, just, like, crumbs of Becca throughout everything. Mm -hmm. And even though Becca apparently was not supposed to be alive when the ship took off. Yeah. Um, I think that the voice on the ship, Becca, because yeah. she was part of the planning and stuff. Right? And you can totally hear it too, yeah. because the way she says certain words sounds like Allie. Yeah. But I mean, Allie hadn't been invented yet because Allie wasn't invented for another two years after the ship was landed on that planet. But again, who knows how this timeline's going to work? Yeah. But yeah, that was, I loved that. I love little touches like that. And there was also another Becca thing because there's a shot of Murphy with the infinity sign like right above his head mm -hmm. too. So that stuff is like, is in your face. We are, we're going to see Becca at some point this season. We have to. Yay! We have to. Erica's still around. Yeah. 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 So we, we, I, I'm convinced of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my other note for this sort of scene sequence was that one of the masked intruders notes that Octavia has red blood. Yes. Um, where do these people get the gas? They go run out. It's true. They, they just keep using them over and over again. I'm like, y'all can't waste it. Where do you get it? Okay. It makes you wonder where they're manufacturing these things and why. Yeah. And how? Why do you need it? Mm -hmm. How did they know that they had landed, like landed on, how did they know that like Clark and co had landed on their um, planet if they were all underground or something? Ooh, so they obviously weren't underground. They have to have surveillance. I mean, clearly they had, like, those suits so that they wouldn't be breathing in the air. Yeah. But, sub. Um, they have to have surveillance then. There's a lot of lost references in this episode. Yes. And I just thought of another one, which Ooh, is that, is um, and I, I'm not, I'm trying not to spoil or be, spoil anything big or anything, but, um, there's this one character who comes to the island separately from the, the crashed survivors who is told by another person who's on the island that the air is toxic and that you have to wear like hazmat suits to get around um and that ends up being a bs <laughs> hey you know what's interesting is that character and the hundred they share something mm -hmm. and if you know what we're talking about <laughs> then you think it's funny yeah and if you don't Watch Lost. Watch Lost and then you'll think it's funny. I've been saying it this whole time. <laughs> Listen, there's so much Lost in this season and I'm obsessed with it. And if you want some more insight into this season, I would recommend watching Lost. Yeah. Um, I always say that I recommend watching Lost though, but... There are people who have listened to this podcast and have taken my word for it and gone and watched Lost and said it was one of the best decisions of their whole life, just to be clear. So if you're looking for a show that has fantastic characters and incredible narratives um, and flashbacks galore, freaking watch Lost, my man. And that was like an interesting conversation I had with your mom, which is that this show draws so heavily from Lost and from Battlestar Galactica that she went back and watched Battlestar and she was like, I don't know. It wasn't anything like really like overly game changing to me. Mm -hmm. And that was a shocking opinion to me because I watched Battlestar first mm -hmm. and that changed the face of sci-fi forever. Yeah. But because it changed so much, the hundred can draw really heavily from it. And so it changes the way Battlestar looks to people who don't watch it first. Yeah. And um, that was upsetting. So um, I'd be interested to know what it's like to watch Lost having seen The 100, though. I think because... Talk to Casey. Yeah. I have questions. Talk to Casey. Talk to Kim. Talk to Joanna. All the people who have who have taken my advice and watched Lost and been the better for it. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Great. Okay, continue. Okay. So Raven wakes up Dioza. Mm-hmm. Dioza's baby is somehow still kicking, pun intended. Yeah. They formulate a plan to trick the guards by hiding in the cryo chambers, but that plan basically is just Dioza killing them. Mm. Oops. Mm. All The only note I have for this scene is, that is exactly the person I would have woken up if I was in a pickle. Yes, it was the correct decision. For but sure. I feel like Raven didn't think through the fact that waking up a terrorist means that the terrorist is going to operate like a terrorist. Right. So she she's like... Which we cannot forget that that's what yeah. she was. Yeah. And, and the fact... And I think I'm pretty sure I brought this up last season. But the fact that they used the word terrorist for her being big a, deal. a white woman. Uh-huh. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Very revolutionary. And I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I still appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any notes for her waking them up in the little plan? Just that the baby is alive. Which, How? Which obviously is very important. And we got that um, confirmation immediately as soon as she woke, she woke yeah. up. Yeah. They put a line in there to make sure that we knew that the baby was alive. How is that baby okay? She doesn't know. I don't, I and don't by know. she, you mean me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Dioza. Yeah. Somewhere in there. All right. So next scene. Everyone eats an algae snack. Abby goes to Octavia to give her a warning that she's super in danger, and Octavia decides to be a huge teenager and not listen. Abby serves Octavia some humble pie instead, but Octavia's super off the rails and says everything she'd done would have made sense if she'd been allowed to kill more people. What the hell? I don't want to offend the Octavia stands, but I don't think I've actively liked Octavia since season three. I like... Yes. First of all, um, I like Octavia in that I find her to be a complex character mm-hmm. that I don't want to see die. Right. I want her to be on the show. I want to keep watching her. But in terms of likability, I think she's closer to the villain line than anything else. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, 100%. Yeah. I think she's crossed the villain line. Yeah. Yeah. Because where... And the problem, I think, is in season five is that we never got a lot of humanizing moments with Octavia. We sure didn't. She was just always at 100%. Mm-hmm. So it's not like with... You know, she and Abby have that debate where they're talking about, you know, the things that they've done. And Abby very rightly points out that, you know, it killed Abby inside to do what they did. Yeah. And Octavia, instead of processing any of that trauma, just decided to lean so far into that persona that she basically became a monster. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that, like, if Octavia's going to become a monster, you can't pull her back from that. Mm -mm. And the show tried to. Like, especially towards the end of season five, where she, like, is in the valley and does, like, this big sacrifice and stuff. And I was like, this doesn't feel like Octavia. Right. As we know her from this season. This feels like they're trying to pull her back because they know how unlikable she is. I want Octavia to be unlikable at this point. Hmm. I want her to be the villain that has to take a huge journey back. That might just be me though. Um also nothing Octavia did would have resulted in no casualties. Yeah. She was like and she doesn't care. She her whole plan hinged on McCreary and Dioza giving up all of their ground to her without a fight. I know. And so she's like, oh, like they would have done this. They would have. Uh, no, they no. wouldn't have. No. And Abby knew that because she met them and she learned who they were. So mm-hmm. she was like making the best decision that she could have at the time while also kind of being high on drugs. Yeah. You know, so it's exactly. like hard to figure that out. But I don't think I just I don't think that Octavia is in the right by saying that if they had done if Abby had completely done nothing and just let Octavia take over, that everything would be fine. Exactly. That's, that's completely incorrect. And Octavia was also incorrect in that um, she was like, Abby and Clark, you cured, you know, Dio's and McCreary's people. Not taking into account, of course, because, you know, she doesn't care and she doesn't know that basically Diozo was holding Kane hostage and yeah. said, I'll kill him if you don't, like, do this. Yeah. Now, even not knowing that, if 
if Octavia had been in that same position and it had been Lincoln, she would have done the same thing that Abby did. Yeah. Like, no questions asked. She would have done it. And, you know, maybe Lincoln wouldn't have wanted her to. But it's not about that. It's about the choice that she made to save someone that she loved. Yeah, Kane. Kane didn't want Abby to. Nope. But she did it anyway because um, that's what loyalty is. Yeah, loyalty. That's like to them. That's how they show their love. Yeah. That's why I think Octavia and Abby are like Loki, like really close as characters, like in terms of their attitudes. But Octavia never got the chance that Abby did to learn from her mistake. Mm-hmm. So I think Abby in this scene is like, even the way they shoot it, they're shooting like Abby in a really powerful, like at a really powerful angle where like she has all the cards and Octavia has none. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It's about time that we got Take Charge Abby back. Yeah. Also the line that serving Octavia is what got us into this mess in the first place. Oh my God. That was a good one. That was wild. One of my notes about this was just who, who are you, James? Yeah, who's James? Nice to meet you. Clearly he's been there the whole time and mm-hmm. he was also somebody like here's the thing is that when they give us new sky crew, yeah. then I'm like, okay. So first of all, this person has been here the whole time, was on the arc, survived the culling. Yep. Was on Clark's list for some reason. Yep. Survived the six years in the bunker. Yep. And also survived coming on here and 125 years of cryo. And we've never so, met him. And we've never met him. But apparently everyone knows about him and knows about his family. So hi, James. When he first started talking and they were talking about his mom, I thought maybe we were, they were bringing in Kara Cooper. Yeah. Um, because we knew she had a husband, we'd never, but we never heard about her having any kids. Um, they didn't say his last name or anything, but I don't think that he's Kara Cooper's no, son, or else so. we would have heard about him last. Um, they also mentioned episode. that his mom died in the burning of the farm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have been Cara Cooper. Well, he didn't say that she died in the burning of the farm. She died because of the burning of the farm. Oh, yeah. So it might have been even starvation or something. Yeah. So, okay. Like, not only was he on the list, but also his mom was on the list because she was an engineer. And he must have been an apprentice probably, engineer. No, he was a kid. He was on the list because he was a kid. Oh, he was probably like 11 or something. He's probably like 11 years old. And now he's grown up in those six years. Oof. He was just a kid. That hurted. So. Hi, James. Oh, It boy. seems like because you were literally raised in the fighting pits that you're almost willing to kill somebody. And that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm sorry that you went through that, James. Yeah. You deserve better. You do. But all these people who are in the mess hall, even the ones that we don't recognize, are clearly all Sky Crew because Nyla just woke up Sky Crew to get their blood for Kane. Yeah. Okay, so that's good and clear um what are these plastic shoots for that come up yeah by the by the tables i find them very interesting it's like yes this was a diy project why <laughs> i feel like i feel like in my brain they're for like waste disposal yeah but realistically i mean all they eat is i mean i guess they didn't just eat algae what on the original allegis mission right this was a prison ship yeah so and then monty's the one who made like the little algae thing because that's all he could make I don't know. Listen, someone, like, you know what? It was Becca. Mm. Becca was like, you know what? These look cool. And they're like, oh, cool. Do they do anything? And she's like, no. no. They're like, well, what if you knock something down there? She's like, well, that would be really inconvenient, wouldn't it? That's going to be there forever. I'm like, well, does it maybe have suction? No. No. So it's just for looks? Yeah. yeah. That seems like something Becca would do. Her. Um, my next note is Octavia sucks. I, I don't agree. She, uh, you don't agree? Here's the thing. I thought we were just talking about no, how no, much no. we don't like her. No, here's here's the thing. Octavia, like, on, on one level- Octavia I'm, just yelled at your favorite character and you don't not- and you're I not am mad. the first person to tell you that, I, like, especially this season, Abby Griffin deserves to be yelled at a little bit. Mm. I will 
I will tell you that because these are both complex women, okay? Yeah. Octavia has had nothing but a lifetime of abuse and trauma and PTSD, okay? She had to do a lot of things that were not pretty. She got put in a responsibility in a role that was clearly not suited for her at all. You know, she fought like even fighting in that conclave, like in the Hunger Games, was not something she wanted to do, but she had to do it because she was the strongest fighter in Sky Crew. So like all of these things are Octavia being forced into circumstances she doesn't want to be in, becoming the champion of those circumstances, and then everyone going, well, you suck. And on some levels, yeah, Octavia sucks. But on other levels, I understand why she sucks. I understand why she sucks too, but she makes me mad. She does do that for me. So that's, she, you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not out here saying Octavia sucks as in Octavia's a bad character. I'm just saying Octavia sucks- because her attitude because she's blows. Because she's annoying me right now. Yeah. Especially because she doesn't see, even after having Kane collapse dead in her arms, she doesn't see that the things she does have deadly consequences. Yeah. Because in her mind, either that's just a part of life or just suck it up and get over it. Yeah. You know? And Abby's sitting there like, the things that we did weren't good and we did bad things. But instead of just saying that, like, we were forced to do those things, we could take responsibility for some of it and feel bad about it. Yeah. But Octavia doesn't understand that. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about Octavia and they boil down to, I want to see more first before I make a judgment. Okay. Okay. Diosa calls Raven soft for not wanting to kill everyone on the bridge or in the mess hall. That's a fair assessment. From a terrorist? Mm-hmm. Raven wants to use the air ducts to get to the bridge, but she and Dio's are too big. If only they knew someone tiny. I can't believe I literally was watching it, and I, like, I did not put that together nope. until it happened. Nope. Neither and did I, I don't know why. Like, and you can see the idea come into yeah. Raven's mind. Like, Lindsay Morgan literally has Raven pop a light bulb above her head, and both of us were like, what do do? Yeah, I literally, <laughs> I did not realize at all. And then when it happened, I was like, hmm. Hmm. Gotcha. Yep. Should have seen that one coming. Didn't, though. I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. So, Dioza says when Raven wakes her up that the bridge was alerted that she was woken up. Yeah. Was the bridge not alerted that Maddie was woken up? That's what I was thinking, too. When I was doing my rewatch, I was like, didn't they also notice that there was another person? Like, is that not a prop? But, yeah. I like that scene a lot just because... Are we talking about the Maddie scene or the one we're talking about No, Dioza and Raven. Okay, great. Dioza cracks me up. She's just like... If Dio's, if you think about Dio's seriously, it will depress the hell out of you. So mm-hmm. I choose to think that she's funny. Yeah. So when she calls Raven soft, I was like, have you met this girl? Mm-hmm. She is so metal. Yeah. And Raven's like, yes, I am soft for not wanting people to die. Hmm. Okay. Raven has more of a visionary leader thing than Dio's does. Because Dio's is like, well, if we kill everyone, they're not a problem. Yeah. And Raven's like, but long term, if we keep one alive, we might be able to solve a lot of our problems. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Diosa mentions that in order to take the ship, they blew out the starboard, uh, I think she said engine. So when did that get fixed? Was she saying that like back when, like forever and ever ago before they went to, yeah. I don't know. Okay. At some point it happened though. All right. That's all I have for that scene. She is so cool. Diosa. Like I thought that last season too, once again, let us stress that she is and is labeled a terrorist. Oh yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. But she is- so smart yeah when she's when she's working for the team that we want her to work for Mm -hmm. because it's she's already thought through so much of this it's like clear when she talks on the radio she's like hey like blah 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 here like if you want to do this then or i will kill this dude one two three whoops too late she knows she knows that she can't give them an opportunity to plead for both of them because she only has one person who can be in the suit yep 
So she's like, I, so she's like, I have to shoot this one or at least let them know that one of them is dead because he's already dead. Yep. And if she still has one hostage alive, they know that she's not bluffing and they know like since Raven is in the suit, then they'll be able to think, yeah, I just think she's so smart. She's a brilliant tactician. Mm -hmm. She's got, she's always like 10 steps ahead of everyone else. Very much like Clark. Mm -hmm. I love that she's like, oh man, looks like we're going to lose all the people in the mess. And oh, Raven's well. like, um, no. Also, Dioza, don't you kind of need one of the people in the mess in order to deliver that kid that you've been pregnant with for 200 years? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Seems crucial. This next scene is just Octavia having the crap beaten out of her. Yeah. And Abby just letting it happen because that was a boss move. The, the way that the camera was moving, like when Octavia was like lying on a table, it made it look like <laughs> yeah. she was like swinging like i thought she was in a hammock or something i thought it looked like they were like on um like a ship like on the oh, ocean yeah. and she was bobbing up and down and i was like wait a minute yeah it was just a weird camera choice um and the perspective was a little confusing for that one um octavia called monty a coward and i can't be her friend yeah what i actually had for this scene was that um she decides to host her own roast but it's where she stands there and insults at everyone around her yeah yeah Cool. And the fact that she does it, like, to Jordan's face after Jordan mm -hmm. woke up and his parents were dead. Like, everyone else is grieving Harper, Harper and Monty, obviously, but... He's the their person, child! The person who got to spend the most amount of time with Harper and Monty, which everybody's forgetting, is Jordan. He yep. spent 26 years with them as his parents. And it's clear that he is probably the most adjusted about it. Yep. Because he always knew that's kind of what it was going to be. And he, he had the opportunity to say goodbye when he went and cried the first time. Yep. But still, having somebody who you looked up to your whole life, if somebody called my dad a coward, I wouldn't be just standing there. Nope. That's but no not one taught him to react with violence. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There's nobody around to do that. Yep. Which I'm means, surprised he didn't say anything else. Well, I think it's interesting that he didn't do that because that means that Harper didn't teach him any of her guard training. Right. You know, they chose to like raise a peaceful kid. Also because they assumed that when they got to the uh, new planet that there, there wouldn't be a, a reason for him to fight. So now I'm a little bit worried about him. That if there if there's a need for him to fight, he won't have the skills. Exactly. So he might be a liability in a battle. Yeah. And I did think um, Octavia taking credit for Monty's work. Mm -hmm. What an incredible douchebag move. Yeah. She was like, Monty didn't do that. I did. And I was like, really? She's like, the farmers won't save the world. The warriors will. And I'm like, okay, but then the farmers did. The farmers. So the farmers saved. Not only the farmers saved the saved. Well, not quite the world. The warriors and wound up burning the Is world anyway. The, I don't even remember what the exact quote was. No, that like, was a hundred percent what it was. World? Yes, oh. the warriors burned the world, and so then the farmer had to come up with a whole other planet. Yeah, and Octave was like, "Oh, that was me." Um, no. no. No, but this, this moment where Octavia's getting like beaten the crap up and she's smiling about it gives me Jasper with a knife to his throat vibe. Yeah. She was ready to go. Yeah. Like that. She had a death wish. Cause it was like, why live with that guilt that is starting to manifest inside of her? Like Abby was talking about when you could just die and not have to live with it at all. It's different, but it's also very Jasper. Yeah. Which also makes me upset about her being so mean about Monty. Yeah, and especially because, you know, thinking about it logistically, Monty was literally responsible for him staying alive. Like, Monty was responsible for Monty staying alive because they were up on the ship. Like, Octavia mm -hmm. didn't even keep them alive in the bunker. Mm -mm. Monty and Harper kept themselves alive. Yeah. So, Octavia, it's just like, 
it's really interesting to see the power of delusion over her, mm-hmm. you know? Because she's just so convinced that she is the only person who ever has a plan. When I would say in all of these scenes, the person who actually has power is Abby. Yeah, because everyone's like, Abby, do something. And she's like, why's it gotta be me? Yep. But then the minute Abby says something, everyone stops. Yeah. So it's really clear that the balance of power has shifted from Octavia to Abby. I find that fascinating. I find that wonderful. I stand this concept. I'm ready for season one, Abby, to take charge. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Um, And Abby says to Octavia, basically, that living with her choices is more of a punishment than death. Yeah. I can't wait for this. Because either this will help bring Octavia out of a funk by, like, having to deal with her problems, or it'll kill her. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one yet, though. Yeah. Yeah. So Raven and Diosa take the bridge and try to fool the Sanctum people into thinking that Raven is one of their husbands. Um, By the way, the the phrase, let's go get you a wife, that's really what I want for Raven Reyes. Thank you. It fails, but luckily Maddie storms in to kill both of them. Great. Just a kid. Just killing people. So the husband's name is Daniel. So, so far, the names that we've gotten are Josephine, Daniel, and Gabriel, Mm -hmm. which are pretty chill names. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, the Grounders had more different names. Even Sky Crew has a few names that are a little bit different. But right now, since they're from our time or the 1970s, whatever, they they have more um, classic names, which I think is interesting. True. Um, I have one complaint about Raven in this episode. Okay. So Raven is pretending to be this uh, Daniel, this girl's husband. Uh Uh-huh. Raven. Those are some feminine mannerisms, my dude. (laughs) She's walking around like, Please don't hurt me. My hands are up. I'm like, that's why they don't believe her. Yeah. Like when she's like, take off the mask. And she's like, and then she like takes the gun from her. It's like the reason why they don't believe you is because if you're married to somebody, they know what your mannerisms are. And you're not even trying to look like a dude. Even the hands. The hands are feminine. Like not even like in terms of like the way they move. It's just Lindsay Morgan has feminine hands. Well, she was wearing gloves. I know, but they looked thin. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If it was, I mean, I'm not married. But if it was my husband, I'd probably be able to tell that yeah. that's some random girl I've never seen. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Interesting, though, that the um, Sanctum person, who we find out later, her name is Tilly. It says on IMDb. Okay. Um, Tilly knew to ask to take the mask off immediately. Yeah. How did she know to do that? Yeah. Well, she says, like, the reason why they're wearing theirs is because they, just in case they have the gas. And I'm like, where, why? So they have, like, what? Exactly. <laughs> so it makes you wonder what kind of training they go for down on the ground that she would know to have them take off the mask. Like, what happened? I mean, it makes sense when you really think about it because it's like, why wouldn't they have the mask off? Like, they probably would because then they would be just at... Like, Dioza would feel just as vulnerable to the gas as the person who she's holding hostage. You know, like, if they... If if the people... If Tilly threw a gas thing then Dioza would be in trouble and nobody else would be, you know? So it's like, it does make sense that that wouldn't make sense to her. Exactly. Okay. 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 Also, um, Maddie noticing that they are, they have black blood. Mm -hmm. Do you think Maddie will be drawn to these people because they are like her? Maybe. I think she's going to want to get like Clark's opinion first though. That's true. Because Clark is also a nightblood. Yeah. But yeah, continuing on the clone theory, where are the bodies you know what to do? Yeah. Again, the obsession with these bodies. And then it comes up again. Yeah, she says, like, they'll still be here when you get back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's something about needing to get these bodies 
that is more than ceremonial. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially because they came from like our culture. Mm -hmm. So there's something else here that we just haven't gotten quite to yet. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely, whether it's the DNA or, you know, their brains, there's something, there's something dark happening. And I always go back to that shot of the trailer of them walking into the underground lab with all the skeletons. Right. That makes me wonder what the hell people have been doing. I always forget that one. And every time you bring it up, I'm like, ah. Yeah. Because then it's like, if you have all of those and you have all those skeletons, you have people coming back and writing books that even though they're dead, like all of these things are starting to like knit together into a really Westworld type yes, thing. Yes. And it's creepy, but it's cool. I think that maybe we should do like the ending now because a lot of it ties into this this yeah. storyline and doesn't really tie that much into the ground storyline. And we do have a lot to talk about with the ground storyline. It's going to be kind of weird for us to come okay. back to it. Okay. So I think we should just finish. All right. So here's the final scene of the sky meeting the ground. Yeah. Um, the sky is now the ground. The hostage lady, whose name is Tilly, is still worried about the bodies. Octavia crashes the party. So Abby orders Maddie to stay on the ship and orders Dioza to stay behind. The squad and Octavia take Tilly to the radiation fence where Raven sees Shaw's grave. Tilly lets them in and they all find Clark, Bellamy, and Murphy on the ground. Kids come over the horizon and ask if they've come to take everyone home. Oh boy. Oh boy. So I have a lot of thoughts and part of that is having seen Lost, I have a theory as to what's going to happen next. Okay, tell me your theory. About the sonar fence. Oh my god, I'm very excited. Okay. I call it the sonar fence just because it's called the sonar fence in Lost, but to be clear, the sonar fence in Lost is sound- and this is radiation. Yeah. Very different things. I'll probably keep calling it the sonar fence, though, just because that's what's in my brain. Okay. It's a habit for me. So everybody who's listening to this know that when I talk about the sonar fence, you, you'll you know what I'm talking about. But before we get to... Should I talk about the fence now or should we do, do our thoughts before then? What do you mean? Like, I have thoughts about before they get to the sonar fence. Okay. No, let's let's go back and talk about before. before. Okay. Okay. One of my notes was, it must be crazy for Jordan to finally be where his parents wanted him to be. Oh, yeah, he fulfilled their dream. Yeah, like, you see, like, when they go, t- there's a shot of his face when it comes off. Yeah. It's really, um, sweet. The first time he's ever been anywhere that wasn't a spaceship. Yeah. He's like, never- Like, literally that spaceship. And it's it's the exact same experience that Clark and co. had when they landed on the ground for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like he'd never breathed air yeah. that wasn't recycled. Yeah. When they're getting off the ship- mm-hmm. Tilly says that her family's bodies aren't safe there. The lady says that those dead people are her family. Yeah, they're her family. We're talking about two different things in the same sentence, which I think is cool. Oh my god, okay, tell me what you're talking about. Um, the fact that she's calling them her family. So one of them was her husband. One of them was her husband, and the other must have been her daughter. Well, I can't tell if it's like, these people are my family because they're very tight-knit group, like, in this little, like, town thing, or if it's like, everybody's everybody's family because we're all freaking clones. I think, no, I think it's secret third option, which is that's her daughter. Her husband and her daughter died and they, as a family, went up or something. I feel like if it had been her daughter, there would have been more. Okay, fair. Okay, There fair. would have been more. You're, that's fair. So anyway, I just thought the word family was weird. But what, and what was your point about that line? She said they're not safe there. What does that mean? On the ship? Yeah, she said my family isn't safe. Their bodies aren't safe. Mm. What, what, what up with that? Yeah. They haven't finished their journey as people then. So what? what's the next step? I don't know. Hmm. And like, like Diosa even points out, they're already dead. That doesn't mean anything to Tilly. No. I don't think death means anything to them. Mm-hmm. If they were just going to make Gaia and Maddie stay behind, then like, why did they bring them down? 
Like, clearly they woke up Gaia, also where's Indra, but also, so like, why, obviously they woke up Gaia to basically babysit Maddie, but why bring them down with them if they weren't gonna let them come? Next episode. Yeah. It's possible that someone's gonna try and take Maddie. Yeah. I mean, because they're already on the ship, they're already down. So well, now- something crazy and sciencey happens in the trailer. Exactly. So at, at any given point, someone's probably going to take Maddie. Something's going to happen to Dioza. And what the hell happens to Gaia? Yeah. Um, Obviously, we know that Tati is very busy being on The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So it's like, I don't feel like we'll see Gaia that often. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, interesting. If she's so busy with Sabrina to bring her in for that one scene, it has to be setting up something else. Yeah. Because I guess they can't, they kind of like, when you're writing, you go, oh, crap. Okay, so for the next episode, we need these characters on the ground. But we can't just show them not being there. Yeah. Um, Octavia stowing away. Of course, because of course. Because of course. Like, they're just gonna keep bringing it up again and again and again. Like, it's one of those things, like, my sister, my responsibility, where it's like, you know, I expected her to come out and be like, well, you know, I hid in a hole in the floor for a bajillion years, and that's why I'm good at stowing away. Because they bring it up so much. Yep. But it's so, it's nice that this time it's just implied. Yep. Yeah. They're like, I didn't have to say it, but she probably hid in a hole in the floor again. She says that her main reason t- for coming is to save Bellamy. Okay. Why? Like, your relationship is so skewed right now that, like, I can't- And even when she, like, goes and, like, actually sees him, he's like, why is she here? It's her brother. I know, but, like, she was mad last episode because he didn't wake her up immediately after he woke up. And sure. so why, why, why is she now just, like, clearly he still cares about me. I have to go save him. I wonder if it's because she wants to, um, actually, like, have it out with Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe her motives are not as pure as I think they are. Yeah. Um, I love that moment, though, where Octavia sort of storms out, and then Maddie goes to, like, follow her, because, like, you know, it's Blood Raina, and you know she's bad, but she's also there. And Abby just stops her, and she's like, uh-uh, mm-hmm. no, not today. I really do stand Grandma Abby. Yeah. Thank you. Tilly. Tilly. Says that the bugs are dead, and they were consumed by the trees. Yeah, so the trees eat people? Or at least they eat the bugs. What is um, this Alice in Wonderland stuff? It's I also spooky. have some questions. Um, my question is: If all the bugs are dead, do they just come back, or maybe all the bugs die? Because you know, I'm not Josie, so I don't have all of this bug knowledge. But maybe they are like mayflies. You know, like the mayflies, mm-hmm. they die all the time. So, so like maybe they know when because instinct know when to, like, lay their eggs and stuff, and then they die during the eclipse, and then their eggs hatch. But wouldn't the radiation kill the eggs? I don't know. Yeah. Clearly not. I guess not. I don't know. I made that up. I, you know what, though? You made that up, but that sounds the most plausible, so let's go with it. Okay. Okay. Octavia gets shocked, but she'd be into it, so. Yeah, she, yeah, she cool with all of that. The point in which she walks, like, Tilly walks through, and then she looks at the grave. Well, first of all, she's like, yeah, all your friends are totally gonna be dead on the other side of the... Oh, and then she sees like the grave and she walks over there and she goes, who's Shaw? I feel bad, but like, I literally laughed because that's so brutal. It's, oh, it's so brutal. Like, she's like, who's Shaw? And Raven's like, and I'm like, oh man, they couldn't have been just a little bit more delicate, delicate about that. Yikes. Okay. So I have a question for you. Uh Uh-huh. Why do you think she let them through? Oh, you you have an answer. (laughs) Are you ready for my 
Lost theory. I am so ready. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I'm so excited about this because I feel that this is another pull from Lost. Okay. So it takes her a moment to put in the number when she while she's deciding whether or not. Like, she could literally just keep walking. There's no way for them to pass. Yeah. Unless they go back and they're just like, Maddie, please come help us. But then again, Maddie wouldn't know the, the code. The code, which Zeke did. Why? Because it was the Allegis code. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, so maybe Diosa wouldn't know it, but probably not because she wasn't one of the crew. Yeah, and Shaw maybe wouldn't tell her that. So there probably would be no way for them to cross the barrier. So what she does, she goes up to the little thing where you put in the passcode. Yeah. And she holds onto it for a quick sec, she thinks about it, and then she opens it and she puts in the code. Okay? I know where you're going. So... In an episode in season four of Lost, Mm -hmm. no spoilers, Mm -hmm. very, like, I'm being very, very vague here. Mm -hmm. There is a moment where somebody who is part of the others, as in the people who know the code, Mm -hmm. um, is forced, is held hostage, and is forced to let people who should not be in there in because, you know, hostage. Uh Uh-huh. So she goes up to it, and she puts in a code, and then everybody gets let through, right? And- in the city, mm-hmm. the little town where where Darmaville that the sonar fence is in, it is protecting. Mm-hmm. There's a phone call, and someone picks it up, and it says, "Hi, code fourteen J." <gasps> you know, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. code fourteen J." Weird, because they don't know what's going on, and they're like, "Oh, okay." So they so they hang it up, and then like maybe five minutes later, they walk up and they're like, "Hey, what does code fourteen J mean?" And then the person who actually knows what fourteen code fourteen J is is like. Where did you hear that? How long ago was that? Why didn't you tell me immediately? Because code 14J means that somebody has put in the code that... there Basically, there's two codes that will let people in. The correct one. And the dummy code. And the dummy code yeah. that tells everybody inside that somebody was forced to put this in. And okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. So they get like a phone call that says, hello, people are on their way literally right now. You know, they, they, are, they were cool. held hostage. Be cool. Yeah, or like, get ready. Mm-hmm. What's code 14J? Where did you hear that? The phone rang, I picked it up, a voice kept repeating code 14J. We need to get to the other house. It's easier to fortify and we'll have better position on the tree lines. What are you talking about? They're here. Because that person was held hostage, they were forced to let everybody in, but at least because they knew the other code, they were able to warn everybody who else who was already inside. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she takes a moment and then puts in the code. And also, I remembered that last episode, the code ended with 815, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. The last number that she puts in, because I went in and I checked, was four and not five. <gasps> so I think I'm right. Unless I'm... Unless I'm Looking at it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that her, the last number she put in was four. Oh, I'm five. I am shooketh right now. So I think that's what happened. Me? Okay, so my theory is that, like, she just wants to make sure the bodies get back. You? Okay, here's a better theory. <laughs> well, one thing that kind of ruins that theory for me, though, is that it's like, if everybody is warned that, like, crazy people are coming. Why send the kids out? Why just send in a bunch of children? Maybe they didn't get it in time. Maybe. Is this possible? 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's we don't some, know. There's something else at play here. We don't know where the bunker that they're, like, staying in is. So, like, they could have just let everybody out and then got the call and been like, ah, the children. Oh, well, what can we do? You know? Hope they don't die. Clearly, Josephine doesn't care about giving them berries that taste like cotton candy that might be poisonous. Yo, that was hilariously horrible. Mm-hmm. So, that's what um my theory is. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Bellamy is still pissed at Octavia. Oh, Tilly probably knows what's up with Murphy. Please ask her. You had a theory about what was up with Murphy, though. Yes. Um, I was thinking that maybe it was something in the water. Like, I feel like when somebody almost gets drowned, sometimes, like, at least in TV shows that I watch, sometimes they get those, like, veins or whatever when it's, like... Yeah, because it's just, all their blood kind of coming to the... Yeah. Like, pumping and doing some crazy stuff that we don't know about because we're not doctors. Yeah, but his was, like, very dark, so I feel like maybe it had something to do with the water, but I feel like that's just something that kind of happens when you almost drown. No, I think that you're onto something because there is that shot in the trailer mm. which I think it has to be right. Murphy now of a snake with like I think it was 13 eyes because I friggin counted them biting into skin that looks just like Murphy's with the black blood veins oh, so yeah. I'm kind of wondering if that pool is actually like a sacred pool that you are not supposed to touch which is another freaking loss reference Brittany. <laughs> in season 6 there's like this very sacred water that somebody gets oh, drowned in oh t that that's ooh, oh yeah <gasps> yeah Vicking got drowned in it yeah <gasps> and then they come back to life and he came back to life. oh oh this is just oh more boy. lost oh boy watch lost jesus christ oh boy there's um, a lot going on here you thought it was funny that, like, when all the kids came in, it se- they made it seem like this town was just filled with just children and then those yeah, four people. It, it, yeah, it's Tilly and uh, her husband and those two people that were with them, and then just all these heckin' kids. Yeah, they're like, these are all our kids, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, one of the kids' name is Rose. That's a lost reference. That's true. Oh my god, I got it and you didn't. So is Daniel. Do you think they have roses on that planet? Mm, no, probably not. Oh. I don't know. So that's more evidence that perhaps certain names are passed down. Mm, maybe. Uh. Um. Oh, and then the moment where she's like, "Are you? Have you come to take us home?" And she's like, "Um, isn't this your home?" She's like, Clark, like looks at her and she's like, "I have some bad news yeah. about Earth." Mm, yeah. She's like, "Should I tell a child this? I would tell Maddie this, but that's not a great barometer for what you should and shouldn't do." It's weird that they're like. Out here expecting someone to eventually come and take yeah. them back, take them back to Earth or like take them to a different planet. Clark is like, listen, I didn't even realize there was another planet. That was somebody else and he's dead now. Does that imply that they've been trying to get off this planet? I guess. And they don't have a way off? I guess. So what happened to their ship? I mean, that's probably why those four people like went up there. They're like, we have this window of opportunity. You got to get up there and take over the ship. And then it just messed it up because Dioza was there. But I mean, they got pretty far. I mean, it would explain that um, the 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 geostorm that happens because of the solar flares from both suns does fry the circuitry of spaceships orbiting a planet slash moon mm-hmm. so maybe they didn't know that the buildup of radiation would kill their first spaceship right so now they they have a small window with which to get the hell out of dodge because they have that huge mothership mm-hmm. i think i'm on the right track with all this radiation stuff okay okay mm-hmm. that's all that's it that my last comment was what's up with murphy's veins i feel like i am so close to a breakthrough on the science that they're using Especially because she brought up, like, the sonic anomaly. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, trying to figure out, but, like, geostorms don't have sounds. Right. It's literally, geostorms are literally all about the currents of solar radiation around the Earth. That doesn't have a sound. Mm -hmm. So why was there a sound? And then I went to look up, like, what a sonic anomaly would be. But you know what I found? 
a company called Sonic Anomaly. Jin band name though. That is true. Just have to get up higher than the company on uh, on Google. Exactly. So before we continue with the ground storyline, we just wanted to take a quick moment and tell you about Patreon. Oh, tell me about Patreon. Okay, so Patreon is a service in which you can donate monthly to some of your favorite creators. And if we are some of your favorite creators, then um, we would really appreciate uh, any donation that you can afford. Uh, the smallest one is $1 a month, which is like nothing. You just don't buy yourself Starbucks for one day out of the whole month and... That's, you know, that's not even the cost of a Starbucks. No, it's true. And yeah, so we would really appreciate it. We run five podcasts now. We have to pay for four different SoundCloud Pro accounts, which is super, super expensive. So if you guys have any money to spare, we would really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you can't donate for any reason at all, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. But um, if you do become a patron, it'd be super, super cool because one thing that you do get is uh, early access. You get at least one day early access for every single podcast. So... Um, this podcast comes out on Sundays. If you're interested in having it on Saturdays, that's how you do it. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. Thanks. That was pretty bacon. I, I would donate. Yeah. I would and then I do. If, I would donate if I wasn't me. But I am me. Luckily, I am me. Should I? Put that sound in. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm sure that there are some hoes who would love to get me out of the way. I would want to get me out of the way if I was up against me. Luckily, I am me. Sorry about that. All right, you ready to talk about the ground? You ready to have some feelings? I love dirt. Oh my, I don't. I can't relate to that. I'm going to have to go. I wasn't talking about dirt like on the ground. I was talking about like gossip. Tea. Um, we say tea now, we don't say dirt. Okay, well, I was also making a ground pun, so I don't really know where we're at right now. I don't either, but you just looked a lot like, um, Dan Levy when you did that. Thank you? Yeah, it was like a huge, I was like, oh my god, demon! What did I do? (laughs) I think it was the tone of voice and the way you moved, you were like, and I was like, David! No, David, you die first. David, you get murdered. You do a in Alexis, though. (laughs) Why does she low-key do the, if your name is Junior Hands all the time? If your name is Junior and you're really handsome, come on, raise your hand. If your name's Alexis and you're a little bit Alexis, come <laughs> on, raise your hand. Get it? I got it. You got it? Yeah, I got it. You did? I got it. Because of her TV show? Yeah. No, I got it. Did you- they mentioned that before season five? No, I just keep up with things on Tumblr and Twitter. Okay. You know what? I'm going to clean my glasses real quick. Okay, cool. Are you ready for some Murphy sass? Always. Some some mass? No. My ass. <laughs> My ass? <laughs> My ass. Okay, cool. It what doesn't make sense without the hand movement. I know. It doesn't make sense without just like invisibly tipping an invisible hat. Cool. My cool, ass. cool. My ass. So Jackson patches Murphy up, but uh Murphy is not into that. They're all stuck down there and can't warn anyone on the mothership about their new friends slash intruders. Miller thinks that outside air isn't also inside air and wants to board the place up, but Bellamy thinks they should chain themselves to the walls instead. Smart. Murphy, Clark, and Bellamy all chain themselves to the walls, which Murphy is also not into because he's not into anything in this episode. At least I'll have some time for some family bonding. Cool. 
<clears throat> so Murphy decides to bring up all the times that Clark imprisoned him. He brings up Lexa, which is a big no-no. Clark snaps and says she's sorry and that she's the bad guy. Miller and Jackson start yelling so Clark and Bellamy free themselves and not Murphy, which he's, again, not really into. Jackson and Miller have a shared hallucination about bugs. Clark and Bellamy tranquilize them. Murphy bounces with the guns and is having a bad day. Tell me your thoughts. About that whole first That whole, that whole heckin' scene. Right. And Maury is first, not because of the door, which is what we thought last episode. We thought because she was looking inside that weird door. I knew it! I still want to know what's inside there, um, but because of the plants that she fell in. Yep. Which reminds me of another lost thing. Are you sure this isn't the Lost podcast? Yes. Cool. I would love that. Okay. Um, but I'm only bringing up lost things that are actually relevant. Mm-hmm. So once again, trying to be as vague as possible, so no spoilers, because hopefully people who listen to this will watch Lost and um, will not, they wouldn't appreciate my spoilers. Cool, 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 cool. So um, there is a point in season five of Lost in which people start getting nosebleeds. Are you with me so far? Why would you ask me that when you know I have a mouthful of iced tea? Mm. Mm. Yes, I'm with you so far. Great. So people get nosebleeds. And originally you think that it's just like a random order. I get nosebleeds in churches. Just thought I'd let you know. Okay, okay. continue. Um, you think it's just a random order that people start getting nosebleeds in? Mm-hmm. Um, but then as more information about certain people's backgrounds are revealed, mm-hmm. you find out that the reason they're getting nosebleeds is because um, of how much time they've spent on the island. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and look, it's like this person has spent like six years on the island, so they get it first. And this person spent like four years on the island, so they get it next. And this person has spent three years on the island. This person has spent like six months, like, I guess it's like three months on the island. And this person just got here last week. Yeah. You know, and that's the order that it happens in. But you don't know that until later. So okay. the fact that it's like she fell in some brush and then we come back here and now she's getting weird symptoms of stuff because of this thing that happened before. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that. And I it's like, that. like, why has Murphy, I mean, obviously we'll talk about like why Murphy didn't really go crazy at yeah. all. But like, I'm just trying to think back to last episode wondering why murphy hasn't why this hasn't happened to murphy like was he was everybody in the plants at some point except for him well this this is kind of relevant to now which is that murphy kind of goes at clark yeah and says all of these things Mm -hmm. turns out that wasn't the toxin at all that was just murphy he's just a jerk sometimes and i mean that checks out because it's murphy yeah but you kind of get the impression through the whole episode that nothing really happened to murphy with the sun right there was this one part in which he had stolen the guns and he was kind of like up there being like okay don't go crazy don't go crazy don't go crazy and i thought originally that like that was him going crazy there it was it's already happened yeah but then later it turns out that it hadn't and just thinking now i was like maybe it's because he went in the water like everybody else had like stayed out of the water and so they were in the plants more and then he went in the water like in the river but amori went in there too that's my problem yeah so i still don't really have an answer for that but he went into the river with injuries okay so i wonder if that's at all relevant i mean okay there's there's two schools of thought here either murphy was affected by the toxins it just didn't hit him as hard because he's already you know kind of a jerk or he wasn't and I feel like you're about to explode with the theory that is coming out of your mouth. What if it didn't really bother him because he's used to having all of those mean voices in his head telling him how garbagey he is? <gasps> okay, but why is that actually kind of it? I know. It's really Yeah. Sad. That's that's basically just he's like, like what to ignoring the friggin' thing with Clark. Clark Clark didn't go nearly as nuts because just like 
Murphy, she turned all of the hatred in on herself. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She didn't try to hurt other people. She tried to hurt herself. Yeah. <gasps> Clark and Murphy really are two sides of the same damn coin. I've been saying it. Yep. And that's why Sad. I think it was so interesting that Murphy basically bullied her into saying sorry, but he didn't really react until she said, "I'm the bad guy." Is yeah. that what you wanted to hear? And Murphy was like, "Yeah, that is what I wanted to hear." Yeah. Because he just wanted to acknowledge for once that, from Murphy's perspective. Clark has done nothing but screw him over mm-hmm. because he can't see into her head. He doesn't know what we as an audience know. All Murphy knows is that he's been p- tied up every single season, most of the time around Clark and left for dead a lot of the time by Clark. Mm-hmm. The only person who like hasn't done that is Bellamy. And obviously Bellamy is his friend. So he transfers the blame from Bellamy onto Clark. We know that Murphy wouldn't have been on that freaking list. Nope. Heck so. no. Exactly. I mean, the way Clark feels about Murphy and the way Murphy feels about Clark, one, those are both two very different things. And two, Clark looks at Murphy as, I think, uh, a necessary evil. And Murphy looks at Clark as the girl who keeps trying to leave him for dead. Mm-hmm. So when people get upset at the way that Clark is treated, I don't think they're taking into account the fact that these characters are not in Clark's head. They don't know what we know. They don't see what we see. We don't. They don't have... They're not privy to Clark's thought process like a lot of other people are. Yeah. All they, all Murphy sees is, hey, remember that one time that Clark and her mom tried to kill Amori to get her blood? Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of stuff. Remember that time when I gave her a really, really compelling speech and she still ignored it? Exactly. Womp. So when Murphy goes off on Clark, I'm not saying that he's right, but I'm saying that I absolutely understand why he would. Yeah. How did Murphy get free? Oh, um, he saw the scalpel uh-huh, earlier yeah. and then it was shown that he used the scalpel to uh, Jimmy the lock. Okay, so he just knows how to pick locks. I don't see why not. After six years on the thing, he probably thought, hmm, this would probably be a good, um, hmm, probably be a good skill to have. Pulled and up a YouTube tutorial. Exactly. You know what? That is a good video idea for Jenna Marbles. Hmm. Learning, Learning how, how to, to pick, pick a lock. lock. Cool. Cool. Another thing that I noticed about these scenes, the leadership push and pull is a problem again. Mm. Remember last podcast, I talked about how the leadership roles are sort of shifting between Bellamy, Clark, and Echo. So here, Bellamy leaves Echo behind to take care of things with Clark. And you can kind of tell that Echo feels left out because she keeps asking Bellamy, what's going on? What's going on? But Bellamy isn't even thinking about that because he and Clark are on the case. Mm-hmm. I think as the season goes on, this might become more of a problem. Right. Um, also, Echo stays with Amori because friendship. That was really soft. She's like, I'm staying with Amori because... And one of the other things that... I don't I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but like I've literally put a lot of thought into the relationships between Space Group because I wrote a fic about it. Mm-hmm. But like, it's true. Like, I've literally done so much thought about the relationships between each of space crew too so like when echo says like murphy that's enough or whatever you can think about that and like when and echo's allowed to say those things to murphy exactly six years together yeah and like echo talking to amori right and so you have bellamy and murphy which you forget we're together because they're they still yell at each other all the time yep but like when and i'll talk about this later when i have like my my big murphy me scene thoughts or whatever but like he says like when murphy's like i'm garbage haha or whatever and Bellamy's like, <laughs> yeah, or or whatever. Yeah. At the beginning of season five, they had that moment where Bellamy went and was like, I'll go take care of Murphy. And like, they had that weird wrestling match where he say was your like, balance, say you're valid, say you're valid, say you're a good person, you know? So, you know, you think about the relationship between Murphy and Bellamy. So like the people who are really minus, like other than Jordan, the people who are really mourning Harper and Monty are the other space people crew. in space crew. So... I'm just, I think very, I just think a lot about the relationships between Space Crew and I appreciated Echo being like, I'm staying with Amori. And like, without seeing 
those six years, we don't think about the fact that Echo and Amori have a relationship at all because we don't see any of it. Mm -hmm. But they were the only two grounders who went up to space. Yep. You know, they have to have had, you know, while everybody else is talking about space things and technology, blah, blah, blah. Those are the two who, in solidarity, were like, I'm learning this for the first time, too. Exactly. Um, Like, we think about the relationship between Raven and Amori, even. But we don't a lot very often think about the relationship between Echo and Amori, and so I appreciated them bringing it up. The old E&E. The old I like E&E. it. Um, I thought it was interesting that Bellamy took responsibility for hanging Murphy. Like, and even, yet Murphy transferred it to Clark. Like, even after he was like, Clark, that was your fault. And Bellamy, like, tried to take some of the heat off Clark by being yeah. like, that was my fault. But I think Murphy considers that debt. I love how I'm just like, yes, now it's time for talk to talk about Murphy. It's all, it's around no, the show. No, but I, no, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, but like, I think Murphy considers that debt paid because he hung Bellamy back. Yeah. At the end of season one. Um, so I think... And plus, after those six years, I'm sure they talked about it at some point, yep. you know? I really feel like Murphy's like, okay, that really messed me up, but we've pa- we were past like, that. Bellamy's my friend. It's like yeah. when Raven was like, you shot me, Murphy, and I she forgave him. Yes, she of She was course. like, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. you know, I forgive you. And so they're past that as well. But Murphy has not had a moment like this to- Forgive Clark. To forgive Clark, to even confront Clark about all of the garbage things. Like you said, everyone's being mean to Clark, but but sometimes people have a reason to be mean to Clark. And it sucks that she's, that everybody's being mean to her at the same time, and so many people yeah. are, but like- Everybody is like kind of has a reason. This to. is their the first opportunity they they've had to air their grievances. Yeah, because in season five, like even though they were around Clark, it was really mostly Bellamy who was there, mm-hmm. and then everybody else was kind of just like, yeah, Clark's around, she's still alive. And Clark and Bellamy spent so much of that season at each other's throats anyway. And then they went immediately into cryo. It's just been action, action, action. This is the only t- yeah. This is the first time where it's like we have some downtime yeah. for me to be like, hey, by the way, this was messed up and it hurt my feelings, and I'd. I'm, I appreciate you apologizing for it. Yeah. The thing that I found interesting there was that Clark, uh, Murphy says that Clark kind of pushed Bellamy into hanging Murphy. That's not what happened. If anything, Clark was really upset when Bellamy hung Murphy. I wish I remembered more of this. I did not do a rewatch before this episode. No, no, I'll be I. super clear about that. Um, But I do remember Clark being upset about it, but I wonder if, and please refresh our memory, listeners, um, if we've gotten this skewed, mm-hmm. but, um, I wonder if like that moment was like, yeah, I was kind of a part of it. And that's the reason why she was upset. Like, yeah. I kind of remember that, like okay. her being like, oh, we've, we've made a mistake. Not just Bellamy's made a yeah, mistake. Yeah, that's and then, true. Especially because Murphy, even though he was going through all this terrible, like he was literally being hanged at the time, Bellamy turns around and says, this is on you, princess. Yep. Good point. So, okay. so even if it wasn't necessarily Clark's fault, if Clark Mur- was the catalyst. If Murphy heard Bellamy say, "This is on you, princess," he might still think yeah. that it was Clark's idea. It, and in in no way, shape, or form was that Clark's fault. But yeah. in Murphy's mind, that was Clark's fault. And he still he punished Bellamy for it. Yeah. But he never got a chance to punish Clark for it. And that's what I think like is really important to keep in mind when watching this show because everyone is immediately like very defensive of Clark. You have to protect Clark. Yeah. I agree. I want. I want Clark to thrive. But at the same time, you have to take into account other characters' perspectives in order for this to be valid storytelling at all. Mm-hmm. If everyone absolves Clark of the things that she's done, then there's no conflict. There's nowhere for the show to go. Mm-hmm. So I I like when these sort of things happen. Sorry. <laughs> Me, when there's like a important Murphy scene, I'm just like, time to talk for 10 minutes about just this. Um, You're valid. 
because I want every episode to be the Murphy show. Um, me too. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Everyone keeps asking Murphy if he's satisfied and like, no, <laughs> they're like, are you satisfied now? And he's like, not yet. Not really. no. <laughs> the fact that Clark was like, Bellamy has all the keys. And he was like, that's lame. And Bellamy's like, well, Clark's going to have mine. And he's like, okay. And then like, they immediately unlock each other. I'm like, this is exactly why Murphy should have had everyone's keys. Exactly. Because he would have been like, don't go up there. And not necessarily because it's a trap because, you know, Jack, Maxon didn't know that they were like. Yeah, they didn't know that they were setting a trap. It just happened. Yeah. But like, I know that Murphy would be out here thinking clearly and being like, just leave them. Yeah. If they're, if they're like the whole point of them being chained up is that they won't hurt each other and they won't touch each other. And yep. what do you do? You immediately go up there and you let yourselves go and you let them go. Doi. It was literally what they were trying to avoid the entire time. Okay, I have thoughts. Okay. Would you like some Miller thoughts? Miller I would love thoughts. some Miller thoughts. Miller thoughts. Okay, so... Miller time. There's so much, like when you have episodes in which you're, like, in people's dreams and stuff, mm-hmm. this episode, it seems to... The psychosis of the eclipse seems to bring out everyone's, like, biggest fear. It's kind of blo- yeah. like a boggart. Yeah. And I noticed that Miller's big fear is, like, the worm thing that happened to his friend. He literally says it. Yeah, like, the thing that happens to his friend, the reason why- Opika! Yeah! The reason why he dies is because he has, like, that worm in his arm. And, like, it happens to Octavia, too. Yeah. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was Miller's biggest fear. Miller yells, I don't want to end up like Opika. He was literally, literally yells that. He was like, this isn't what I want. And, of course, and Jackson like big fear is that bad things are happening to Miller and he can't help. Exactly. Oh my god, good point. Oh my god. I never thought about that. Yeah. Especially because I'm sure that Miller told Jackson oh, of course about this big fear. Like maybe he's probably had nightmares about it and everything. Yeah. But of course, now I have a lot of thoughts on what the other, like not Murphy because he doesn't seem to go, we've already talked about that, but like Echo's biggest fear, Amori's biggest fear, Bellamy's biggest fear, Clark's biggest fear. Yep. You know? Um, and obviously we'll get there. But, um, oh, one of my next notes was Echo is so smart. I like her more and more every episode. Echo Echo just proves how worthy she is to be with this crew. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her more and more every episode. So next is Bellamy wants into Echo and Amori's room and is super aggressive about it. He wants their tranquilizer, but Echo wisely tranquilizes herself and stops the voices in her head. Mm-hmm. Bellamy and Clark argue and Murphy starts shooting at them. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in this Echo scene. Totally. Especially. Yeah. Um, one of my questions was, is Echo hallucinating Amori's words? I don't think so. No. Because um, we then, after Echo has been, like, it, that would be clear if Echo um, tranquilized herself and then Amori was, like, still asleep mm-hmm. or something. Like that. And that'd be crazy because then meant that one of Echo's biggest fears is that one of her best friends hates her and yeah. is yelling at her and is mean to her. But I think that's real and what it really is is like the stuff that's happening in her actual head is she remembering her rough childhood are any of these quotes from roan and naya specifically okay so here's here's everything that goes on in echo's head okay um there's two different voices there's a woman and a man mm-hmm. the woman who i'm sure is either her mother or Ni- queen naya says i don't tolerate w- weakness don't you dare cry a spy must carry out orders without question there is no room for doubt slit her throat and bring me her head Mm. And then the man says, betray them all, um, bring me her head, slit her throat. Mm. So here is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Echo's biggest fear is that someone's going to find out that she's the one who killed Costia. Ooh, 
yeah. 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 No one else has been beheaded except for Costia. Yeah. And I think that would... Um, and they say her head, too. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I feel like it'd be a really cool reveal for people who, like us, who care about those kinds of details. I don't... I really like this detail as in, like, us just kind of headcanoning it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they'll actually bring it up unless they... Because Lexa's dead. But why bring up someone who's been beheaded? Yeah, no, Why I know. bring that voice up? But it's co- it'd be like a cool kind of Easter egg, but I don't know if it would make sense narratively for them to actually, like, talk about that, considering that the person who would really care about it is dead already. You know what I mean? Well, it could be something that she talks about with Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that it, there has been discussion that Echo and Clark are going to have, like, sort of bonding scenes together. Okay. So it's possible. And I mean, Lexa keeps getting brought up. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And Maury says, you lose, John, you lose. What? Yes. And at the end of last episode, oh, and she also says it was John. And la- at the end of last episode, sh- she said, he'll do it to you too. What does this mean? So what is her biggest fear? It has something to do with Murphy, clearly. Yeah. But I have no idea what it is. You lose. I don't, I don't know. You lose, John. It was John. He'll do it to you, too. Like, when she attacks Murphy specifically. Mm-hmm. Also, because she loves Murphy, you know who else attacks Murphy specifically? Bellamy. Bellamy. I don't know. It's fine. It's whatever. Mm, it's whatever. But, yeah. Please, once again, listeners, if you have any thoughts on this, like, we want to do a deep dive and figure out what the heck this means. Yeah. I'm very interested in- Hashtag Memori. Yeah, like, the- exact wording too is yeah like, i do not currently have a theory no neither do i but i'm interested in it yeah 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 we can talk about murphy shooting them too do we oh yeah, no that? yeah let's talk about okay. that why is murphy shooting at them so he did go a little okay no i have thoughts okay murphy shoots them but he doesn't hit them and i think that he's just disper- he's just dispersing them because oh my god bellamy's here being like clark he says i don't need you anymore clark oof there's right one of yeah and murphy if he's up there and he's not going crazy he can tell that bellamy is starting to get worked up and everything mm-hmm. I, I i think that he just shot at them to disperse them to make them be apart so that bellamy doesn't attack clark okay fair enough that's what i think i like that why but what's bellamy's deal what's bellamy so upset about what's his biggest fear he he's, I think he's bellamy, mad at clark and he's yelled he's mad at murphy i think bellamy's biggest fear is losing control mm. and he has no control over this he doesn't have a control over any of this Mm -hmm. and that people will see him and people will know that he's not in control hence Mm -hmm. why he says um to clark i like i don't need you Mm -hmm. he like in his mind i he can do everything by himself yeah i think Mm -hmm. okay so here's the brutal clark stuff clark trips out and hears abby on the radio who tells her to kill herself to keep the people she loves safe Mm -hmm. yikes Murphy stops her before she cuts her own throat because i guess he was saying the whole time or something i think so yes well and like I said before, if not, I think he's just used to having all of like his biggest fears realized. Yeah. And that's why he's not going crazy because he's used to suppressing that. Yeah. Clark and Murphy sneak out to take on Bellamy, but Clark gets distracted by the radio again. Bellamy almost drowns Murphy before Clark comes to her senses and gasses them all. Mm-hmm. When I was first watching it, I thought the radio was working. Because each side, like, in the sky and on the ground, had one of those specific radios. Like, Mm -hmm. she was picking it up from the actual Allegis stuff, and up there they had, like, an actual Allegis radio. So originally I was like, oh. I mean, my brain was like, I don't understand how this is working considering that Abby is currently, like, a hostage. Exactly. And you're like, okay. Uh, Okay. And then, obviously, it turned out to not be real, so that made more sense to me. And it was a fantastic manifestation of Clark's deepest fears. 
coming out of like a fellow mother's mouth. Yeah. Because it Clark's deepest fear is hurting everyone, but also causing ab- causing Maddie to hurt her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, but who can really like nail that? The, Abby can. The real painful quote was probably like, kill yourself. Or maybe you don't love Maddie enough to do that. And, right? and Abby oh. says, I love you enough to do it. And I was yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. And that's the saddest part is that you know that it's all coming from Clark's brain. Yep. But the only two actual brains, which, which kind of goes into what um, you were saying that Clark and Echo were supposed to have some bonding moments because the only two brains that we actually get to hear inside of are mm-hmm. Clark and Echo. Clark and Echo. Which is interesting. I would have loved to hear inside Amori's brain because what are you, is that about? <laughs> Amori's like, I don't know what happened to you other guys. So, uh, like, now this question is a little bit different just because I decided that thing about Murphy in my brain, but why is everyone else mad at someone else but Clark is mad at herself? Other than... Murphy now I think that Murphy is also mad at himself but I think what's just the difference? internalized self-hatred yeah yep I mean and and eventually when you just hear people telling you what bad decisions and what terrible things that you've done and how you're a bad person eventually you start to believe it 100% so I literally went through that last year mm. I know exactly how that feels yeah. um mm. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that Bellamy Blake doing the court gesture thing was the funniest thing I've ever seen that was good that was the funniest Bellamy has ever or will ever be I love that Court jester, jester, and I was like, what are you doing? Do you even know what a court jester is? Murphy is mean to Clark, but he would always help her away from something like this. Yep. And that's what I love about Murphy. I love that about Murphy. Yeah. Murphy, he tells Bellamy, you're killing her. Yeah. I love Murphy. Everyone knows this. Murphy has been my favorite character since season one. Wow. But like, and Murphy has definitely gone through character development. Has his character development been as pronounced as Octavia? Absolutely not. No. But it's there and you can see it because in season one, if Clark had been like, I'm going to kill myself, Murphy would have been like, sucks, cool, yeah. see you later, I guess. But in this moment, even though he has been away from Clark for six years, he knows how much she means to everyone else. And she has been there for a lot of the things that he's gone through. And he, there's no way, like he's willing to stand there for like a bit yeah. and talk her down from this. I would say that like, in terms of like character development, Murphy's has been better done yeah than, Oct- than octavia's it's like subtle because you used octavia as an example and i'm sitting here like i think because murphy's was done more in the background mm-hmm. um it's the same thing with like the romantic relationships on this show the more in the background it is the for some reason the more carefully it's handled mm-hmm. and i think maybe it's because it takes longer yeah but murphy's character development has been just so good yeah and the ship that you had brought up last episode that was done so well is memory yeah so i'm like Hello? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, appreciate my boy. Thank you. <laughs> He's right there. Yeah. I just like, I have so many um, Murphy thoughts mm-hmm. this episode. Do you want to tell me them all? Yeah. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. I just like, I know that like the main ship wars happen surrounding Clark, but like. Murphy mm- is the answer to that. My top ship in the entire show is Murphy. Yeah. The groundwork is there. Yep. They've gone through to anyway. Murphy says to Bellamy, and I quote... Oh, no. I have two different quotes. Okay. Okay, so Murphy says to Bellamy, and I quote, Just a couple of guys stuck on a moon with nobody else on it. (laughs) And then he says, and I quote, This is turn turn people who love each other into homicidal maniacs. That's what's happening to you, Bellamy. Okay, I clocked that one. Turning people who love each other into homicidal maniacs. That's what's happening to you as... 
Bellamy is yelling at Murphy. Yep. And it's I'm like, just saying. And also, like, he's also, like, speaking from the pain of, like, having Amori yes. hit him. But at the same time, he's also looking around and he's like, crap, I love all these people. Yeah. This is my family and I don't love that for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just love love. Thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, okay, yeah, and then I've talked about this already. Uh, and something about the water, it, whether there's poison yeah. in the water, which we talked about. Murphy will be fine. I believe oh, yeah. that in my soul. Oh, of um, course. This is not how they would kill off Murphy. If you're like, oh, they're going to kill off Murphy in a few episodes, Murphy's you're in wrong. And also, if you think that they would kill off Murphy by having Bellamy kill Murphy, nah. as if. Nah. There's no way. No one was ever in mortal danger here. And if Murphy, if they're just going to keep calling Murphy a cockroach, my dude. Let him keep popping up again, then. Murphy's gonna make it till the finale. I'll put money on it. Okay, I want you to know, speaking of Cockroach, Mm -hmm. that the other day someone was talking about how Kane keeps getting close to the edge of death and then getting pulled back. And I said maybe the real Cockroaches were the Marcus Canes we met along the way. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. It's good. Yeah, Murphy's one of those characters that will not die. No. And if he does die, it won't be until the very end. Mm. Murphy Murphy yeah. is unkillable because it's like Raven. You can't kill that character and still have the same show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You have to keep them. You have to. Those are all that, That's it. That's all I got. Should we do our segments? Yeah. So my first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is our favorite line award. And mine goes to Maddie and Dioza for... I have questions. Good line, kid. And I've actually changed mine because I remembered what my favorite line was. My favorite line goes to Bellamy for the court jester thing. Because mm-hmm. I think that was too funny. John Murphy... Orchester. What the hell is my segment now? You don't want to do Octavia Blake shower watch? No. You don't want to do Clark Griffin shower watch? No, because everyone's showered now. Oh yeah, um, didn't I, I change it to which MILF was the most badass? Mm. So, uh, and my segment is which MILF was the most badass? Abby, obviously. You're not going to give it to Dioza? Okay, here's the thing. It should go to Dioza. Yeah. They can share it. Okay, cool. Because Abby took charge and Dioza took charge. Just one with a gun and one with her words. Yeah. Mm. Um, and mine is the most valuable protagonist award. And last, usually, okay, so last season I would give it to one character for the entire episode, but, um, this season I'm thinking about maybe giving it when it's necessary Her to, plot line. to each, to a different person, each plot line. Mm-hmm. So for the Sky plotline, um, the MVP is Dioza. Yes. Um, for the Ground plotline, I am so, so happy to announce that the MVP, in my opinion, uh, is Murphy. That makes sense. Thank you. Most valuable cockroach. Yeah. And my second segment was the Marcus Kane beard appreciation, but um, the beard's on ice. Yeah. So each week it'll just be the beard's on ice. Mm-hmm. Chilly. Yeah. Frozen. Mm-hmm. How many episodes since the last murder, alas, murder occurred? Sure did. Yeah. Sure so did. we're back down to zero. <laughs> alas. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. Or, you know... Or, what little trailer we get. Or some pictures, you know? Yeah. Just some stills. This is a 10-second trailer, just so we're clear. Really disappointing. Okay, here we go. Yep. Three, two, one, play. How many people have you killed? I like that lady's headdress. We come in peace. You know, okay. we come in peace is something that someone says when they don't come in peace. Yeah, so true. God, that, that trailer was actually only six seconds long. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna go frame by frame because there's not a lot of frames. Repeat of Clark, that Clark shot from the trailer. Yeah, okay, so clearly there are now adults here, so it's not just a place filled with children. Yeah, 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 yeah. This lady, 
She is, her outfit, so good. How many people have you killed? I don't want to say, because you'll judge me. <laughs> it's it's not none. Yeah, it's not none, and it's probably more than, you know what? I, it's I don't l- want to It's say. not none, but it's definitely less than, than four figures. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 sure. Definitely less than a thousand. Um, Dioza really is out. Dioza is throwing knives or something. Looks like Gaia and Maddie are there. Yeah. So do you we're think not this is just like, losing Gaia immediately. No. Do you think this is right after um they go they back left. in the ship? Oh, maybe. They're like the adventure squad sets out and they're like, oh, just by the way, ambush. Yeah. Um, And it looks like, I mean, I don't really know what to call these people other than grounders at this point. I'm going to call them reapers. Yeah, but they're not reapers. Yeah, but that's what I'm going to call them because they look like reapers to me. Because they're dressed like the Reapers were. Yeah, but the Reapers were, like, they ha- were having, like, issues. And it look- it-, it seems to me that these people are just kind of, like... Do these Reapers have, like, gas masks on? That's my thing, is it's, like, maybe they're not allowed to come into the, the like, bunker. Where, yeah. Like, I wonder if they have red blood and they can't... Like, I wonder if that's half the reason why that thing... That the radioactive fences up is to keep them out, maybe. I have, like, a couple theories about, like, because we we talked about, like, in this episode, we talked about, like, how, like, there might be different bodies with different people, and I'm kind of wondering if these people are people who rejected that entire, like, society of, like, like, giving up your free will Uh sort of thing. I'm kind of wondering if these are, like, rogues and they're actually the heroes of the story. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I think. Could be. Maybe deals of killing them is a bad thing. I might call them hostiles. Because that's what it is on Lost, and then I'm not confusing anybody by saying Grounders and Reapers, which is things that are already in the okay. show. Okay, okay, I can get down. And with that's that. what they call them on Lost. Okay, so that's what I'm gonna do. Doesn't seem like well, you, you came in peace, but um, now you have Dioza. Wait, and uh, yeah, ooh, yeah. So I don't know about that. Okay, so this is well, Octavia is out now, still, I guess, and she's attacking a hostile. The thing that it's I wonder is dark. why is Octavia out at night? It's so dark. I don't know. No. This is a Game of Thrones. Actually, it's like a nice blue color. And this is Dioza shooting somebody uh, she's good at. I really, I know that Dioza is technically qualified as like an antagonist, Mm -hmm. but I just love her. Yeah. Um, This is probably Octavia still fighting. Yep. Still fighting So why did Octavia break off from the main group and go back to the ship? I'm not going to pretend to understand Octavia in this moment. I don't understand Octavia at all. That's so fair. That's it. Oh, and that's it. That's the whole trailer. That's it. Cool. So all in all, that's actually one, two, three, four. That's just five different shots, just so we're clear. Okay. Cool. Um, at the CW, please make us better trailers. Yeah. Hello. Like I'm gonna say it every episode. Take your trailer like um, notes. Notes from Riverdale's trailers. And that is something that I never thought either of us would say. Is Riverdale's hey, trailers? Hey, please follow in Riverdale's footsteps. <laughs> Riverdale's trailers are so good. They are. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. And we also have a survey that is always perpetually open. You can find it uh, in the info or just, yeah, basically Basically anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the description of any podcast. Yeah, like, just go looking for it. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, season three is just ending here, so if you're willing to uh, catch up, then do it, because we honestly have, like, a really great time over there. Mm, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, this, this uh, uh, you know, podcast is more about... Uh, analysis. Analysis, real um, 
guesswork and um, theorizing. theorizing. That podcast is also about theorizing, but also about more jokes. It's about um, nonsense. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and we also, on that feed, do The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Season one is all done over there. And so um, in the hiatus between Riverdale season three and season four, we will do season two of Chaos. And if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We are in the middle of season two right now. So you could, you know, I, I feel like it was obvious from this podcast that we like the show Lost. Yeah. So, so you should go listen to our podcast about it. And if you're worried about the show being too confusing, which a lot of people say that it is, um, at least those people who watched it the very first time, Time when it was actually airing yeah um basically it's not a show that you can just like be on your phone for and it's not something that you can it's a show that it's you want to experience you gotta watch yeah you gotta watch it um and then it will not be confusing but if you are worried about it being confusing our podcast is spoiler free uh, and then there's a section at the end that you can uh, click out of um, for spoilers. So if you're worried about it being confusing, if you want to check out our podcast, you can watch and listen along with our podcast. And hopefully it'll be a little less confusing for you. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, we are just finishing season one as we are approaching the premiere of season three. So if you need a season one refresher, that's where you should go. Yes. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, mostly Twitter. Uh, Robin posts gifts on Tumblr, and um, she puts a lot of work into them. I really do, so please support me. Yeah. Uh, and like we said before, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is really, really expensive. Um, so, yeah. Uh, help us out if you enjoy our content. Thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Britanni, which is B-R-I. Spelled my own name wrong. No, you didn't. B-R-A. You said B-R-I. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us for our next episode, which is episode 603, The Children of Gabriel. Sup, Gabriel? You got children? <laughs> like, got milk? Got children? <laughs> got children? Gabriel? Got children? It says that Gabriel is the messenger of God. Cool. Cool. So we're just really going to lean into this uh, whole religious thing, huh? Fun. Cool. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.